Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. So what part does love play when it comes to infidelity, why infidelity happens, how to help an individual or a couple heal from infidelity. What part does love play? I have been working with couples and individuals who are dealing with the crisis of infidelity for many, many years, many. And uh, love love is an important word. You know, love is about being interested and being attentive. And so when a client comes into my, uh, my, my practice and wants to share with me, wants me to help them on why they, uh, on, how, on their infidelity issues, I need to go deep with them. And when it comes to infidelity, as opposed to other problems, people are very judgmental of people who cheat. I understand that. The whole idea, you're a cheater, you're a jerk, you're a selfish person. I understand that. It's been part of our culture to really be far more judgmental of people that cheat than, for example, someone who drinks alcohol too much. They're both harmful but there are definitely different attitudes. If someone's drinking too much, the typical friend doesn't say, oh, just leave the jerk. But if somebody has cheated on you, that's not not an unusual reaction. The loving response is to look for what's true, what's really true. What makes someone sabotage a relationship that they value? That's an important question. I have not met any person who cheated that had no parts of them that 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 uh, didn't want to cheat. There's always parts of them that didn't want to cheat. There's always parts of them that want to be loyal. They want to live up to their scruples. Maybe I don't see sociopaths, but the people I see, there's always parts of them that didn't want to cheat. It's easy to love those parts. What we need to do is love the parts that, that cheated or that wanted to cheat and follow through with it. Now, when I say love the, those parts, it doesn't mean that we encourage those parts, that we should uh, continue to permit those parts to run the show in our lives. No, it's, infidelity is, is not loving. It's, not, it's an act that's not loving. It's not loving to the person who cheated, but of course it's not loving to the person who's betrayed. Uh, I call it an inf- I call it an interpersonal crime because in order to make good decisions we need information and when a person is having a secret and cheating they're not they're depriving of their partner of important information to make decisions that are truly based on their life and what's really true so it is it is it's a it's not a crime that people will go to jail for but it, it is an interpersonal crime in the fact that it's stealing from that person the opportunity to get the right information 
to make decisions about their life. So I'm pretty black and white where secrets are harmful and can be fatal to relationships. So it is very important to, um, for me to get that point home. But having said that, it's no help to be unloving to the part that cheated. So when I'm being loving to the part that cheated, I'm being interested. And there's a the part that cheated is trying to do something. Maybe it's trying to get validation because they didn't get enough validation as a child. And then they got validation from their girlfriend uh, slash new wife. But then they had kids and the wife got busy and it's not her job to constantly uh, uplift the ego of that person. But because maybe he had a childhood that uh, was not filled with nourishing and compliments and good attention, that he is feeling uh, hungry for that and not getting it because he hasn't learned how to regulate himself well when you don't get exactly what you want. So he goes out elsewhere or he goes to work and some co-worker starts to give him some kind of compliment and it's a slippery slope and starts to cheat. That's just one example. But the main thing here is to be interested and curious about what that part that cheated was trying to do for that person. It could be that kind of ego gratification. It could be a way to escape responsibility. And it's not a drug. It's a lot of people take drugs or alcohol to escape responsibility. But when a person is cheating, or even let's say masturbating compulsively, uh, in those moments, there's an escape from whatever they don't want to feel. Not justifying it, it's not okay. But people, instead of being judged and tossed aside as bad people, they, we need to look at what's missing. And how can they learn how to regulate their emotions in ways that aren't harmful to their partner and to the relationship? So that's what I do when I work with uh, couples or even individuals. I try to put on my detective's hat and take a look at what might be going on. What does that part of them, uh, what is that part of them trying to do? Even if it's hurting not only their partner, but the other parts of them that really do want to be good people, want to be loyal, want to do the right thing, that have scruples. So in a way, they're not just betraying their partner, but they're, bet they're betraying the best parts of themselves. So why is that? What is that about? And then we try to find ways to help them regulate better. And one of the things that I have found with a lot of couples where there's infidelity is that we all want adventures. You know, we want safety, but we also want adventures. So if we back up for a second and say, well, new relationships are always adventurous. So when you fall in love, it's an adventure. Early stages of the relationship, there's an adventure. But after a while, safety takes over. And for a lot of couples, they slip into these safe routines and yet, there's still the parts of all of us that want an adventure. So when I'm working with someone who had an extramarital adventure, which of course can be very dangerous for the uh, health, the, especially the long-term health of this relationship, if we're going to ever get them back on track, once we get the trust back um, enough and this uh, somewhat of a stable relationship, 
Now the work is to create an interpersonal adventure between the committed couple. I have found over and over again, when couples learn how to communicate well, to talk about the affair in ways that are attentive and where both people are able to be interested and not defensive, which is loving, and they develop this stable relationship. Now, we the next step is to create an interpersonal adventure between them where they're being more open, conversationally speaking, where they're being maybe more adventurous in the bedroom, whatever it means for that particular couple. And when I have found couples who have had infidelity that they dealt with, and they are able to develop the, 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 the person who betrayed uh, can be tuned into what was behind it as making changes and the other partner is working on them, doing what they need to do because you know, betrayed people need to work on themselves too. Not responsible for the choice that the person who cheated made, but still always important to look at, well, what part of uh, the kind, what kind of contribution can I make to improve the relationship? That when they and when they have that kind of stability, and then they create this interpersonal adventure, I, I just don't see people repeating this infidelity. I just don't see it. Uh, they they've made this relationship too important. Uh, the parts of the person who cheated that did cheat now it's not necessary to cheat anymore because they, they have found other ways to solve their problems. Uh, they have uh, learned how to take care of themselves better or whatever it took or be kind to themselves or create that adventure that as, as they, as they do that, then uh, they have, they have a healing from the infidelity. And again, uh, infidelity is not a good thing. It's, it's a very painful thing. It's a terrible thing. However, having said that many of the couples I've worked with, their relationship becomes far more connected, far more interesting and far more stimulating after the discovery of the infidelity, then maybe before the infidelity even happened. It's important to kind of hold both of those things. It's a, it's a, it's a crisis, you know, and infidelity is a crisis, but the word crisis in Chinese, the way I learned it, is made up of two characters. One character by itself means danger, and the other character by itself means opportunity. And infidelity is no different. It's sort of like a dangerous thing where the relationship make it. But there's also opportunities to reorganize, to learn, to see what's missing, um, and when I'm working with people, I want to help them fill in what's missing. Sometimes we have to heal trauma. We use things like EMDR. That's a great trauma treatment. And uh, do whatever is necessary to help them heal so they can be mature adults and make better decisions for the two of them. So that is what I wanted to say about infidelity and love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.